All right, crew, what is up? I'm here with Los, and if you don't know who Los is, uh, he can kind of do a little bit of everything, believe it or not. I, Los, by the way, dude, sometimes it's a bad sign, but I've seen you roll through brands, businesses, projects. You can actually kind of do a little bit of everything. I feel like we're maybe kindred spirits and that we're curious individuals who probably get bored quickly and uh, have to continue mastering other things time and time again. Let's give a quick backstory. Um, he's the founder of Powerhouse Ventures, which is a consultancy that helps D2C and service companies scale and exit, which I can't wait to talk to him about because when it comes to uh, actually exiting your company or taking it public or you know uh, getting into the, the brokering of businesses, I think you just bought a brokerage maybe not too long ago. You're a fascinating individual. We're friends with all of the same people, but we've only hung out one time, so we'll have to, to fix that. Uh, I know. But th thanks for coming on the show, man. Dude, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, like we are in the same circle, but always missing each other by like one one second. So I'm glad that like we're finally hanging out a lot more. Case in point, like we we were just talking before about the Denver, and we if we we're not careful, we'll miss each other at that trip in Denver. Miami as well. last week, yeah. It's just nuts. I think the the time we did get to hang was in Aspen. Was mm -hmm. it last for year birthday. for yeah, the, the birthday hang? So, dude, t how long have you had the brokerage? I think it's recent. We just bought it. We bought it uh, about, it'll be seven months uh, next month. Awesome. Uh, learning, you know, what I don't know how to do is run a brokerage. Uh, but we're, we're learning, you know, there's, I, I went out and bought like $200 worth of like Harvard Business Review stuff just to kind of like start understanding a lot more on the M&A side, different variations and like how people buy and sell companies, you know, it already came like that brokerage has done about 50 million in sales uh, already. Um, not not just from us, but from we, we bought it from uh, the past donors. And um, it's been interesting, man. It's, it's exciting. I've been trying to now just help people build and sell brands. Because why else are we doing that? I understand that, you know, you have some cash machines, but most people want to build something to essentially try to exit it, right? Right. So, yeah. Well, if they if they don't want to eventually try to exit it, usually I've found this is more of an area of just like a maybe a not ignorance in a bad way, but just like a blind spot. They don't know that the best way to build a business is to exit, even if you don't want to exit. And that's the best way to run a healthy business. What made you buy the brokerage, though? What? How? Tell me that story. Um, literally, it says. Josh, my, my business partner, uh, was talking to to the team. They they wanted to give it to somebody that they felt uh, they they weren't just selling it. They wanted to sell it to the right people. So we actually got interviewed four times to um, to see if we were the right fit for them uh, to to sell it. And and it ended up we did. So we have we have kind of like a fully vertically integrated consultancy. So we'll teach you, you know, how to how to scale your business. We have services. We have an accounting business. And so the last thing is how do you how do you exit that that opportunity, right? And so we felt that it was a really good fit to kind of like take you through the entire journey from consulting all the way to services, getting your numbers right, and then being able to exit. Uh, and so it it seemed like the right fit for us. Uh, it's been good. It's opened a lot of doors already immediately, and and I think we're we're just kind of now finding our stride with it, which is exciting. Uh, but yeah, man, I'll, just what I've learned about this is. I feel like I've gone to Harvard, you know, just uh, yeah. in the past few months. So is it, do you buy brands from your own brokerage? Like, is there any red tape that you kind of have to be careful of in that world? No, no, you, we, we can buy, we can invest. Um, 
mostly right now what we're doing is just for focus purposes is we're, we're doing the brokering uh, and trying to get that scaled, optimized and getting the right operator inside of that. We're not trying to, you know, we don't try to operate businesses as, you know, some people might think like that's lazy or whatever the case that you, you can't do it all. And what we yeah. realize is we're good at uh, grabbing something, putting gas inside of that, and then putting the right operating team inside of that so we can become a healthy business without us because we're probably the worst people in the business at, at some point, you know? Well, that's, it, it sounds like uh, when people hear that, they probably think like, oh, that's not good, but it's, it's actually a really good thing. If you're, if, if you as the owner or even investor ha- are surrounded by people who are better or more talented or sharper than you are, you're going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, if you, not, you can't leave the business. You're stuck. You have a job. You, you have a high paying job. 100%. How often do you, how often do you find that when you're looking at these businesses that are trying to exit and it's like, man, everything is really stuck to the founder? More, more times than not. So the two big things that I've realized is everything revolves around the founder and, and a lot of these businesses, skill sets, operations wise or personal brand wise. And the other thing is everyone thinks uh, because of what people say on the internet with flashy cars and stuff, that everyone's business is worth 10, 50, 100 million dollars. Right. Yeah. That's just like minimum, I'll take is 50. Like, well, you, you have a $1 million EBITDA. It's, it's not going to work. No. Well, we'll wait. I'm like, okay, well, well, we'll be waiting for a while. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's a funny story because like I was talking with one of like my business partner inside of Levels, Ryan Nidell, who does some like buying and selling and the same types of things. And it's when a company goes from like SDE to EBITDA, a lot of times like their their picture of their business's valuation hasn't changed because they're exiting into like a new territory. Um, the age of the business, the trends line of the business, the systematization in the business, like all of those things matter and they matter a lot. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on this. When it comes to buying businesses, are you primarily finding yourself buying strategically or are you buying for cash flow? Um, it, it depends. So strategically inside of uh, things that are working with Powerhouse. So right now, uh, I'm trying to buy agencies uh, because I come from that space. I've had a lot of different agencies. And so I've realized that if I can uh, create some software that kind of talks to everything, get the right operating team, uh, I, I have lead flow, I can create lead flow. So I, it's better for me to go out, build that, build the EBITDA. You, you're buying EBITDA or you're buying team in that particular situation. Uh, in other situations, like with uh, with more the e-commerce side, you can buy the cash flow, right? Because not everything's going to be in the same vertical. But I try to stick in the same thing. Can you do a roll-up? Can you buy a lot of jewelry brands? Can you buy a lot of service businesses instead of like, there's a swimmer line and there's a cups business and then there's an agency. Like that's a lot of work. That's a lot of plates. It's not the same. I try to do the same thing over and over and over again and have a lot of it, but it's the same exact thing, process, just vertical or, or the avatar changes, but nothing much else. Yeah. What, what, I, that's a wonderful piece of information that actually probably is overlooked a lot. Um, what's the difference between a brokerage and then like a marketplace, like uh, you know the, the online marketplaces? Yeah, so they don't help you with anything and they, they usually will focus on anything you can throw out. So you have your flip us that are 50 grand, 100 grand, a million is kind of like the top. 
we kind of start at 500, really like to focus on one to $10 million EBITDAs. Uh, and so there's a lot more handholding, negotiation. We help with due diligence. We connect with people. We also tell you when you're not the right fit to sell and what you need to do to improve. Sometimes uh, people become clients on our other stuff. Sometimes we just send them to, to the right people. A lot of times, most of the times that happens is people's numbers are significantly off. Uh, when it comes to e-commerce, um, their, their P&Ls are, they're just shoddy because they, they don't understand the trends. They don't understand their cash flow, of what's coming in to what's been allocated out already. Uh, and the other time that you'll see a lot of issues is they have very weak teams and no systems, no processes and small, uh, not a lot of channels. And so you, you'll get most companies, you'll get more valuation if you have more channels, right? More opportunities for lead generation and all that. And a lot of people don't think that, or they, they don't think that that is important. Uh, and you know, if you're just, if you have one channel, you're, you're kind of like a single side valuation. If you have two, three, four, et cetera, you can keep going and going and you'll be able to sell for more. Yeah. Makes sense. Have you ever bought a business that you regret buying? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, actually say, tell a, me the, tell me about it. I bought a digital product brand um, in the agency space. It was already doing well, uh, but it just, it was a stupid idea. I, I bought it because the lead gen was good, but the type of quality of buyer that we had uh, as scaling that out um, was a five, 10, $15 buyer. And I've always focused on the kind of more Tesla style, like the high end, and then if needed, go down to a certain degree. Um, and so we just don't resonate. Like I'm just not at the point anymore where I do the the beginner stuff. I'm horrible at it. I'd rather kind of focus on my zone of genius and go up and kind of trend down. And so I ended up losing total probably like a quarter on that on that. I just shut it down. I could have made it work, but the the type of level of energy that I had uh, working towards that and it was just it was hurting me overall with the other businesses. I'm I'm big on like frequency and like lo my levels of energy and stuff like that. Like figuring out like what the best thing is uh, to do with that. Yeah. What's your favorite business that you've ever bought? Uh, the brokerage. Because that's the one that feeds all the rest? It's, it's honestly a great relationships, a lot of learning. It's a savings account. I don't ever have to get rid of the brokerage. I get crazy opportunities from it. I get to learn the most from it because I'm the worst at it. Uh, and it has an end goal. Like everything that I have ends in a sale and we can be a part of that sale or facilitate or connect with someone on that sale too. Yeah. Nice. Do you do anything in, um, inside of real estate or are you all business investment at this point? No. Um, I'm a, I'm a part of a, of a few, uh, funds that, um, that we're, we're, we're trying to, uh, aggregate 50 plus million dollars right now in, in a fund. Uh, I invest in real estate as well. Um, so I, I mean, if you're not in real estate, you're not really, you know, you're not really focused on like significant long-term passive opportunities. I think real estate's still over crypto, over this, over that. Real estate's the best thing. You can really know where your money is at and know that you are actually building equity, potential passive income, other, you know, uh, renting the place out, et cetera. Like with gold is also really strong. Crypto can, can be here and there. You know, I've made a lot. I've lost a lot. It's a little bit more volatile, so you got to have a different appetite for that. And I think that's fine. But for consistency and stability, it's, it's real estate. Yeah, 100%. Um, what, else, what else is getting you fired up right now? When you look across like, you know, the, the year that we're in, the state of everything, what are you fired up about right now? And let's dive into that a little bit. So I think there's going to be 
a recession, potentially somewhat of a depression. And I think that's awesome. Uh, because in times, you know, in 2008 was like my first uh, seeing what a recession did, but I was not on the on the winning side of that. I lost my first business, didn't know what to do. I was, I was still young, right? But now I know what to do when there when there's a recession, you know, we have capital, we have opportunities. And I think that for if you know what to do in a time of crisis, you will make the most money that you you've ever probably made. Right. And so I, I'm kind of excited about that. Not a masochistic like weird way but i think that there's more opportunities if you're strategic in a time of crisis than there is when everything's thriving when everything's thriving you can throw something up on the streets and you're you're just going to make money that doesn't make you a skilled operator that doesn't make you a skilled marketer that doesn't make you a skilled leader when it's time of crisis is when you really want to lead a team operate and attack yeah 100 percent. do you have any concerns about where the political scene is going and let me rephrase that what are you doing to kind of address or hedge some of the concerns you have about the political scene and its effect on business today um investing uh in in different opportunities diversifying assets and you know more than anything just thinking through that and kind of moving forward i i think that not to get crazy political, but there's no possible way that we're going to have another Democratic president in the next couple of years. There's just zero way. Uh, I think that what's going on right now is ridiculous. It's, you know, they're flashing different things to not make you realize that they're completely shit in the bed. Uh, and it's sad that people don't see that. They don't ask their own questions. They don't, you know, they're not curious enough. They're just led by what's being told. I, I haven't watched the news and probably three years since not two two and a half years since COVID hit I just completely stopped watching any of these things and I just kind of like laser focus on the goals that we need to have and need to achieve yeah 100 percent. what do you feel like uh what do you feel like I should have asked you that I didn't well I don't know like what about you what what are, what are you excited about right now dude I am I'm fascinated because I just discovered not too long ago how to even acquire businesses yeah, I'm like, uh, I grew up in real estate. And so most of my in, investable capital is in real estate. So I think you're ahead of the curve. Like you're ahead of me in terms of knowing how to buy businesses. You've got the brokerage. And uh, I'm kind of just discovering it. I'm probably three to five months into it. I'm yeah. super excited about that because you can just like acquire strategically, like all those things that we're doing on the advertising side. I don't know if you've seen the uh, the political brand, Market Movers. And we can we can kind of just skip to the front of the line by acquiring companies that do what we would have to figure out anyways. Right. It just seems like magic to me. Like I'm, I'm fascinated that like very few people, it seems like knows that that's even a possibility. Um, well, you, you know, one thing is there's huge misconceptions, just like people think that they're going to get 10, 20, 50 million for a business. People think that, it costs 10, 20 million to acquire a business. And the reality is most businesses are bought some strategically with no money down, uh, yep. some using an SBA loan, some running on a 20% initial, and then you know some contracts and stipulations on, on what you're gonna get later on. That's 90% of the businesses. No one's just handing you 4 million, boom, there you go. You know, most people are handing yeah. you $250,000 or maybe nothing or what they yeah. got from an SBA loan or a strategic acquisition using the money that the business is already generating to pay you forever that salary 
until some more happens. So there's a lot of ways to buy a business, even if you don't, you know, if you have no money or whatever, like, you know, go get, go get a job. But if, but if you have some sort of opportunity, there's ways to do it. Like I, I just picked up uh, from my other company, SVG, we just picked up a YouTube business, no money now. Right. Uh, and we needed that because there's YouTube experts there. They already have uh, clients. They already have the systems and processes. I could just be the legion on that to scale it and keep working on my personal brand uh, service businesses that we have over here. Maybe even create some education components on that because they want to do that. I already have experience in that. So it lever- if you buy a business to flip or to leverage. Are you leveraging the people? Are you leveraging the capital that that business already has? Or are you leveraging the assets that that business you know, already, already created so you can skip the line. Yeah, dude, hundred percent. There's, there's so much opportunity that I think people are under the like false impression that they have to go labor for over four years, six years, 10 years, when the reality is somebody else has already done that work for you and they're wanting to exit and they're wanting to step aside and give that asset to somebody else for a fair price. Um, I think another thing I'm excited about right now is probably similar to you, like the, we've been so hot for so long that it seems like everyone is winning all right. the time. It's like, it's really tough to know who the real players are because everybody can put it out online and, and make money. Like the advertising stuff, when you, you, you know this, like when it got more difficult to advertise a couple of years ago, I was like, thank you. Like the pixel was carrying people, not right. true talent. And what happens is your brand grows. My brand grows because the competition is thinned out in the mm-hmm. middle. I think that'll only continue to happen. Um, bro, I don't know if you saw this, but um, the crypto stuff that we're doing right now is actually quite fascinating because it's, you know, when, when people talk about crypto, it, it, there's a volatility to it. There's an instability to it. Uh, but I met a guy named Mike Walker and um, he, he's got basically a portfolio theory inside of crypto that makes it just like pretty constant. It's, it kind of rivals gold. You know, it's kind of like a conservative version of like, layering crypto together and it's you know the top three blue chip cryptos and then it's a couple of offshoots that can kind of like inversely correlate um so i'm putting more and more money into that just because it's exciting and uh i've got stable assets that are doing 15 20 25 percent uh that you can lend against it's like a marketable securities account it's like basically a brokerage account yeah you've got you gotta update me on all that because i i stopped doing a lot of crypto stuff just because I went up, then I thought I knew what I was doing, went down. Yeah. And I was like, to take it serious, I'd actually have to take it serious. And so the opportunity cost of that just wasn't it. I was like, I gotta I gotta go back to like what I know how to do, like which is make money in, in the digital and e-commerce space, right? Yep. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll shoot you some stuff after this. Yep. But it's really it's really fascinating how some of the um you know, some of the exchanges are just like, man, just deposit your stuff with us and we'll just pay you um, you know, a yield and and Honestly, like some of the stables are like 10, 12% just to yeah, put it in the account. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. You're already hedging inflation and making a profit. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to keeping it in a bank where it's like, you know, you get half a percent if you're lucky. Right. So what 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 businesses are you guys buying? Are you buying and flipping or buying strategically or what? Everything right now is strategic. Um, so... If you break down our companies into like four main lanes, this is a the services brands, not the real estate companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's marketing sales and ops and finance. Those are kind of the four main lanes. We, we compress like fulfillment and support into operations. And so what we've been doing is buying 
companies inside of those lanes. So, you know, like a, a bookkeeping company that we're signing on next week. We have mm-hmm. uh, a couple of different sales companies like in the sales arena, like sales cl- uh, staffing. Mm-hmm. You're probably familiar with Sales Mentor, which is something we started. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then on the marketing side, there's a creative agency. Uh, we're probably going to start a copywriting agency. And then on the operations side, we've got a new brand coming out called Ops Mentor. And then there's also a, um, like, I don't know if you've heard of Gino Wickman uh, Traction yeah. stuff. So his, his stuff is fascinating because he basically splits a business up into like the, the visionary, visionary 100%. So there's a company that we're talking with right now that staffs integrators. Uh, it's just, it, there's once you put the word out, there's all of these owners who are like, man, I'd love to partner up. And some of them are not looking to exit. They're just like, you know, I don't know how to grow to the next level and you guys do. And so, you know, we'll take 25% here or 35% there uh, just so that we have access to the organization. And once you figure that out, it's just like game over, you know? Right. Uh, and for us, the strategic goal is I want to be able to go out, maybe even like I want to be able to use your brokerage service, go buy a business, run it through our portfolio and it 10 X's in, in 12 months. Right. And so if we have the companies inside of those lanes, you know, we can do that. And that doesn't even include the what you were talking about earlier, like the roll-up effect, which maximizes multiple um, arbitraging costs. Like it's just there are so many different ways that you can maximize the EBITDA or the valuation of the company. But I'm just looking for ways that I can buy stuff, 10 exit, and then flip it. Yeah, no, it makes sense, man. Yeah, we're 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 doing super similar stuff because with Powerhouse we have Powerhouse, then we have. Um, Customer feedback, which is a service business, then we have Powerhouse Accounting. Uh, we're we're launching Powerhouse Creative, uh, Powerhouse Operations as well, and then um, we have the brokerage. When you sell the brokerage, we have um, Powerhouse Wealth, which is almost like a small family office variation of like, hey, what are you going to do with your money? Where do you invest? And then we have funds and other opportunities that people can engage with to uh, once you're you know minimum five hundred thousand dollars a year you have to make and call you got to be vetted to to do all that. So it's just it just makes so much sense you know, to people like me and you, like, I can't see anything else. Like, what am I going to do to start another, like, course? Like, it's just, yeah. but everyone always does the same thing, right? They're like, oh, now, yeah, now I got this other hack. I'm like, I'm not going to look for a hack. I'd rather build legitimate, long-term, recurring revenue service businesses and systems that yeah. you can later on just roll them up as one big conglomerate. That's it. People, people do, they, they tend to get stuck in what works and, you know, at the, at the expense of exploring what's new. Um, yeah. is, is everything that you do, like, is the exit idea for you to sell powerhouse the portfolio? Um, yeah, pretty. So yes and no. I mean, we've already had an offer for that, but I mean, powerhouse itself is only two years old. And so we were like, definitely not. So we look at powerhouse as an event business, uh, first off, and then everything else is the service sides. And then I have my other service sides. So what we're trying to do with certain services is uh, grow them, work with uh, different enterprise companies that are in the e-commerce space, do their managed services, and then build a software, a dashboard, something techy, so we can go from an agency service business to more of a MarTech platform and increase that valuation from four times, five times to 15, 20, right? And so that's kind of the play that we want to do on that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Do you have, um, do you have timelines on all that? Uh, we'd like to be gone on that side by 2025. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Totally doable. What are you going to do after that? 
real estate and probably some private consulting for fun, like invest. I, I don't, I don't think I'd want to definitely not want to start something from scratch anymore. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I, yeah. more and more I've been trying to work four days a week and just focus a full family day. Uh, it gives me time to recharge, rethink. And I, I feel that if you can't take decent breaks, weekly breaks from your business, you don't have a business, you have a job. And so like right now, my biggest focus has been like finding the right operators and putting them through the system that we're going to go sell. Because if it works for us first, then I can use our brands as the testimonials because we don't have a lot of testimonials and I don't want to go get clients for this right now. I want to use this as our kind of like OS and then go out and, um, you know, sell that as the, the, the new traction, right? Because there's, I love traction. I think of things as visionary and integrator. Uh, I, I love all his books. But at the same time, I think on the digital side, they're, they're, you know, we work with a lot of companies that are not at the level that Gino and, and Gazelles and all that is like doing. So, you know, one to $10 million companies is kind of more so the sweet spot. We got the twenties and whatever, but the average person that's coming to us is doing about one to 10 million bucks. Yeah. So just kind of refreshing the operating system down to a lower level, less staff, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I love that, dude. That sounds amazing. Um, we should jam about that at some point in the future. We should also jam about some of the development stuff we're doing on the real estate yeah. side. Um, some of our numbers are just kind of crazy uh, because when you look at what's happening in the real estate market, everything's compressing. The, uh, the yields going down, there's less equity, there's less spread everywhere just because the shortage is all over the place. But we've kind of figured out how to carve out a niche inside of um, a, a merging of two different industries or trends. One would be the build for rent trend, which you've probably seen all over the place. Mm -hmm. And then the other is like the short-term rental trend. And so mm -hmm. what we're actually doing is we're doing short-term rental build for rent um, and building communities ground up specifically for uh, nightly rentals. And man, the numbers we, we've got, we've already got a, a dozen or so of these inside of our Missouri market, but we're building 50 more. We've got 14 in Nashville. Uh, so we broke it up into two or three different syndications um, mm -hmm. and the, the, the IRR just on a projected uh, over the next eight years, about 30, 35%. Uh, money's being financed back year four. It's like really good deals. I'm putting a couple million dollars into into my own fund, which is kind of when you know it's good because you got the founder who's like, yeah, put my money in this. Um, right. So yeah, we, we should jam about that. I think we have a, a couple sure. million bucks open in one of them, but real estate's going to take some fascinating turns over the next couple of years as like, if we can't get the supply chain fixed, I don't see like the prices have to go up. Like there's no way to go. You know, I, that's why I haven't bought. We were going to go buy a new house and, you know, we could sell our house for the top clip, but then I'm going out and buying a house at the top of the mm -hmm. market too. So it just makes no sense to, to me right now. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Well, dude, I can't wait to see you in uh, in Colorado. You're doing some of the yeah. coolest, coolest stuff that I've seen. And uh, any way that I can help, you just say the word. And I think people can check out more about what you're doing at, uh, let me pull it up. Powerhouse.com. Say, say that again ecompowerhouse.com or you can DM me at Los Hustle on Insta. I reply to everybody. Happy to talk to anybody. Hand out, uh, help out wherever I can. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. All right, man. Thanks for hopping on the show. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Know. Can't wait to see you. All right, see ya.